genius. I hate people. I hate people. This is why they're the worst. Are you ready for it? What up? Boy, did I have a scare this morning. Oh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I ain't kidding. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, um, I was sitting at my dining room table at 4 a.m. finishing this story, and I have these giant, great, fantastic, badass steel windows. They're huge. They're like 10 by 10. They're huge. And my back was facing one. I got a notification from our security camera that there was movement. So I looked, thinking it was a bug just to get the notification away because that's what it usually is. And there was a man standing behind me. No. Are you kidding? I swear to God. Now, he he walked to the front door, dropped off a package. It was Amazon. (gasps) But I am not kidding when I say I got so hot. Like People say their blood runs cold, and I'm like, no, I got yeah, so hot, my, I could feel my ears throbbing. I could not stop shaking. And oh, my God. Now, unfortunately, I know what I would do is freeze. Oh, no. Flight, <laughs> no, I was, I was about to rhyme, but I was like, I mean, uh, uh, you, there, it was like shock waves going up and down my legs. I did not know what to do. I guess Amazon, if you're delivering that early, you don't have to wear a uniform. Like, he was just in normal clothes. I thought i was about to die they need to rethink that actually i mean but he was like like you could tell he looked at me but it was like real time i was watching him from my phone do it and i was like oh my god there's a man three feet behind me (laughs) oh my god i was about to be like how did you not tell me this earlier thank god because (laughs) (laughs) wait that oh my god first of all no, they don't need to rethink that. If they're delivering at 4 a.m., let them wear, wear, wear PJs for all no, I care. No, they, they need to discourage delivering at t- oh, hours like do. that in the night. That's scary. They could get into some real trouble. He didn't like, some, stop and stare. He was moving past my, but I was like, oh, my God, there's I a know, guy walk at my. And he like looked, probably be like, what the f- hell is she doing up at whatever, 4? Um, oh, my God, that is so frightening. <laughs> it was so frightening. I couldn't, even after I saw that he dropped off my vitamin E oil and, uh-huh. <laughs> and went on his merry way. He was like, could, this could not wait another moment. <laughs> I know. Here's your vitamin E. Yeah, my face for sure. Even like after it was all said and done, he drove off and I could not stop shaking. <laughs> I was oh like, my God. Oh my God. That was so, I mean, expecting a bug and see a man who was, I'm like, oh, my God, he's behind me. I don't know what to do. I closed the curtains immediately, that's for sure. Never doing that again. I want to leave the curtains open, that's for sure. Oh, my God, that is frightening. But another thing to rethink is you getting up at 4 in the morning. You do it, too. I I mean, I was just going to say, actually. (laughs) Got to do what you got to do, people. And I just like doing research. It's fun. It's fun for me. But unfortunately, I have to balance that stressful job of corporate life nine to five which i mean yeah. guys we've already like i've already been hospitalized for a stress ulcer I, like, <laughs> like that's true we're, we're doing our very our 
damned us to get out of this, make money on doing things we love, like twinks, and people are the worst. And so we have to, you know, jeopardize sleep in order to accomplish that. So, and I feel like we're, you know, giving y'all some pretty good stories. We're doing all the research for you. And I think, I hope entertaining you, I hope at least. Um, right. So I don't think it's much else. Could y'all just hit that mother effing five star and just write like, I love it if you do love it. And if you don't, yeah. just, just hit the five star and you don't have to write anything. No, I actually want to <laughs> know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do, do want to know. I want feedback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, be, be, Yeah. That what brings me to my shout out to Lacey. Reddit, Lacey, you know who you are. I won't say your last name or user oh, name. Right. But I do want to shout her out. She was our first stranger that I saw on Reddit. She recommended our podcast on a thread, which <gasps> it was like, I like, and I just happened upon it. It was someone looking for. Oh, you did? Because Rachel sent me the screenshot and I was like, oh, <gasps> mainly I chatted her. Gasped. I, I, <laughs> I was reading it because um, I get alerts for all the forums I'm in. And it was like, because you're in true crime discussion or whatever, it sent me to another true crime podcast forum that was like, I have a rant. And I guess they're just not happy with the host lately and the stories they're telling lately. And so mm-hmm. she was like, so to sum it up, like, I need new podcasts. And I, and I literally was scrolling through. There's like 10 comments. And I just like was scrolling through to see what everyone said. And I, I saw people are the worst. I like, you know, I was like about to go to bed. I like, I was like, what? I like gasped so loud. Scared the shit out of pain. Lacey. Everyone be like, Lacey. Oh, my God. And I was like, so I upped it, the like equivalent in Reddit to liking it. And then Rebecca immediately commented. So I had to to disengage because I wanted to comment, but I can't be associated with her because I got banned from one particular forum, as we told you all, I think, in the last episode. I don't need them to link us together. So I was like, I would have commented, but I'm not going to anymore. So Lacey, if you're listening, it's that's why only one of us commented. See, here's the thing. She is listening. And I love it. Thanks, oh Lacey. Thanks, avid girl. listener. See, I'll shout out anyone who's an avid listener. Or, uh, lives an avid listener. So Olivia P. Head, I'll say <laughs> your last name all damn day. She's her friend, so I can. Hey, Liv. <laughs> oh I just know she's always texting when she listens. So I know she is. So everyone That's just, so nice. I know. It's nice. Let's just hit that five star. Tell people. There's a lot, by the way. I, we could sit here and name names. Like, people text a lot. So I, oh, I know. You know, but which is so nice. It's so nice. But no, God, that seeing that last night, I I mean, I know I said it. I gasped real loud. I know. Thanks, Lacey. Thanks, girlfriend. <laughs> and thanks, California people. We see those in the insights, too. But, oh, I know. Yay. What is that? West Coast. What about the West Coast, best coast? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Mm-hmm. Ain't wrong. And then something else happened. Oh, so oh I was having a morning because while I set my alarm for four, I'll be honest, I naturally woke up at like three ten. So I was kind of up all then. Yeah, so that we would appreciate a review or anything, or just you know tell a friend, please. Um, we're even trying to think of creative ways to promote ourselves right now we're currently in a clubhouse room live because i thought i think it would be interesting to hear a live podcast in clubhouse no one's joined yet because we just started the room we just started the yeah we just started the group so i didn't expect anyone to join but at one point when we were testing it 
um, a few weeks ago, a old coworker of mine <laughs> popped in and I like had a heart attack. I was waving at Rachel at Zoom. I mean, mouthing like, someone's in there. <laughs> so anyway, we're giving it a try again. So we're just trying creative. If anyone else has a little creative promo, wait, let's just give it a shot. Yeah. But anyway. And join us in Clubhouse. This oh would be God. funny. It'd be hilarious. And you'll hear all the unedits. Oof. Oof. But so this morning I was a little, I was dreary, I was tired, I was kind of dragging my way to work and I was listening to this YouTube channel about cases that were solved in bizarre ways. One of which was about a little boy who was 12 years old. He, he had been missing for 11 days and his father was on Nancy Grace to, you know, help spread the word, beg people to help via media attention. Um, Nancy Grace was very supportive <laughs> And then, and if then, you've ever seen Nancy Grace, you know. She, you she know gets if you know, you know. Pissed. And it made my more it, it turned my whole day around. I'm gonna I have to play it for y'all. Hold on. I am so excited. She gets pissed like for the victims. Like she's on your side. Oh, she in on this guy's side. Oh, listen. Oh my god. Found alive in the home's basement. Charles Sr. was in a live interview with the popular journalist Nancy Grace when his son was found. The interview was interrupted live on air when Nancy presented him with the news that his son had, in fact, been just found in their own home moments prior. Charlie, we're getting reports that your son has been found in your basement. Sir? Uh, uh, She's about to fucking blow. Mr. Bothell, are you... you Charles Sr. appeared to be shocked as he faced the nation, but suspicions were only growing. Police found evidence that Charlie had been severely... Oh, man, it wasn't the whole Nancy Grace thing. It would take five minutes, but I had got to get home and Google the entire thing. She was like, sir, did you check your own basement for such He's like, yeah, I did. My FBI did. He's completely faking it. I encourage everyone to Google it. She's pissed i feel like i've seen that clip before he's such a piece of shit and he's acting now you know that he's acting he's like oh he they were abusive and torturous and awful to their son who they kept in the basement so i'm like you're um now go back and look at it i'm actually i'll post it when i post this episode's post oh yeah fun nancy she's looking down i bet she was loving getting that little bug in her ear being like Mm, they found him, and there's a warrant out for that guy's arrest. But she, <laughs> excuse me. Oh, y'all, if I ever God. go missing, I'll say it once. I've said it a million times. Nancy Grace better be on that case. Oh, my God. And if you were ever to be busted like that on national TV, that is not who you want to be speaking to. <laughs> no, it's not. She's got zero time for that. Uh-huh. Even, y'all, even Matt. What a fucker. I know. Matt Holloway, Natalie's brother, got us a signed picture by Nancy Grace. We're obsessed with her. We loved her. Love her. Loved. Love her. Love, sorry. I just haven't seen her in a minute. I know. Anyway, I thought it was Get back in the clubhouse room because I'm Mm. solo mesh up in here by myself. All right. So embarrassing. What do all these people think? (laughs) (laughs) All right, hold on. Clubhouse. Clubhouse. People are the worst. There you are. Okay. Well, I'm thinking back to our conversation and seeing if there's anything you're going to call me about tomorrow and be like, you know what we always do? Mm-hmm. I called you the other day. Do I have a speech impediment? That, that was the latest one. I think I have a speech impediment. I'm like, no, you don't. 
more identical twins if you do, I do. It's like... There's something, something, I know, we're just critical. There's something about me, though. You are the most critical. Sorry. People hate their voices on camera. I think about a very big production microphone. (laughs) 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 And it's, yeah. And I already think that we sound like B. Arthur a little bit. So, you know. Ooh. Compliments? (laughs) Already? (laughs) Great. Don't care. Don't care. Okay, one last thing. I don't remember if I told you. But a girl in my office, I I don't think I told you because I kind of thought it was bullshit. But a girl in my office was like, okay, so it's like my friend's boyfriend's dad works with this guy whose son. So I'm like, already kind of not listening because I'm like, whatever you're going to say is bullshit. Yeah. Was on a trail near Lovett fishing or something. And he where's that oh sorry in atlanta okay he was fishing and all of a sudden turned around and this woman was like directly behind him he didn't hear leaves crunch or anything it like scared the shit out of him and he was like oh you scared me and they got to talking and he's just like what what are you doing here he was like well to be honest my friend just died and we used to come here to fish so i just needed to be alone and blah 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 they talked for 40 minutes he went back to his car and there was a note on it that said i was gonna kill you but you've been through a lot lately it, sound, it sounds like you've been through a lot lately. And so I was like, wait, no. tell me who it... Oh, so they he called the cops. The cops brought him down to the station. and was like, here are six women or any of these. Them. And he was like, yes, it was this one. And they told him that he she had already been wanted for two murders. What? I was, okay, then So names. I was shocked. I was like, wait. <laughs> and then I heard the trail of how she got there. And I was like, oh, and she's like... But, do you think my friend and her boyfriend are messing with me? I was like, yeah, it might sound yes. like because what? Because I was like, what's the murderer's name if they arrested her? And yeah. she's like, they haven't released it. I'm like, no, no, murderers don't get rights. They're gonna release that. What is? What do you? Yeah. Mean? So I've been like every week. I'm like, do you know that murderer's name? Yeah, I need to see if it's true. She's like, they swear they're not messing with me. I don't know. If it, I mean, she's like, but it's my friend's boyfriend. He was over at my apartment, so it's his dad and this little this guy's dad work together. The guy who almost got murdered. They worked together. That's not that far-fetched. I was like, if you can't tell me the name, it's far-fetched. So yeah. I was at lunch okay. with interns. <laughs> I had to take the interns to lunch today. And they're all UGA grads. Oh, fine. And then, or actually not grads. They're in junior year. It's their summer interns. Oh my God. Fine. And I, so I was telling, I don't know how the story came out, but I was like, ugh, there's a story about, and I didn't even get halfway through and one of them went up because I know him. He's my best friend's no. little brother. I have the note. <gasps> I took a picture of the note. I was no. like, you have got to be kidding me. Wait, add that to the post is what I'm saying. Uh, my post for this episode has got nothing to do with the case. It says... <laughs> Just carousel of whatever. And the reason he, he was like, no, the two people you killed were in Alabama. So whatever you're Googling, Georgia murders, it was, didn't happen in Georgia. He's like, oh, I'll text him right now to find out the name. So I was like, God, right, you let me finally. know again. Says, I was going to kill you, but you looked like you had enough going on inside doing the killing. Sincerely, your savior. And it has a smiley face with X's as the eyes and pliers. Wait, with pliers? Okay, so what's her? That's what I said. What's her MO? She's going to like castrate people with pliers? I don't know. They but talked for 40 minutes? But this guy, this intern, yeah, they talked for 40 minutes about like death. Like he, his friend just died in a car. Like he, it just happened. He probably got emotional and she 
for some reason, though she's a murderer, had a heart and was like, I'm just going to leave this little boy alone. How crazy. <gasps> and the intern Wait, was like. little boy. Sorry, it's sorry. not his dad? Sorry, I say little boy because this intern, it's my intern's best friend's little brother. So if he's a junior year, oh, he's actually, he said he's a freshman in college. He's a freshman. So yeah, little boy. I'm just kidding. He has like, it's his friend that this happened to, not his dad? No. So Margaret, the coworker. Okay. My coworker, Margaret, it was her friend's boyfriend's dad worked with the. So I was just telling this intern just as a one-off story. Uh, he was like, no, 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 right. that is true. I know that's my best friend's little brother. He's a freshman in college. I keep saying little boy, but freshman, 18. Okay. That for some reason, when you talk about her friend's dad working with this guy, I'm picturing they're the same age. They're like the dad's age. That's crazy. Okay. Ready for a hilarious story? <laughs> okay. All right. Sure. Now, here we go. Here we go. Here we go again. The South. <laughs> <laughs> here I go here I go here I go again girl what's your weakness man okay done isn't that it <laughs> sounds like oh, you, sounds like you know that's it so all right my sources are vanity fair for the most part their articles are so long oh, yeah they go real deep they in the go articles. so deep so mainly them yeah the guardian crime and investigation manchester news and medium article written by uh christopher kikoski all right, first and foremost, these names are not real. The story I'm about to tell you are about underage boys whose names have never been released. So in every article, they call them by pseudonyms, John and Mark. But I heard an old podcast on this and that one of the co-hosts could not keep it straight. I think one syllable, very common names are too easily interchangeable. So I'm just going to link them John to Jonathan to keep it a little easier. Uh, there you go. Yeah. All right, let's go to England. Jonathan, 14 years old, and Mark, 16 years old, were best friends living in Altrium, a suburb of Manchester. At the age of four, Jonathan found his birth certificate and saw that he had a different last name than what he thought. When he learned that the man he thought was his dad was actually his stepdad, and his mother later told him that his biological father was physically and sexually abusive towards her. He actually even kidnapped Jonathan when he was a baby um, for like a day. So he has been out of their picture for most of his life, and his mom remarried a man who was addicted to drugs and eventually also ran out on them when Jonathan was seven. So he, his mom, and little sister had to move to a much smaller house, and he said he remembers sitting on the stairs listening to his mom cry for hours and feeling an overwhelming amount of depression. Which, oh, oh my God, I'm so bummed. I know. That is so sad. Too much for a little boy. Too much for a little baby. Yeah. Um, this was not helped by students at school who teased him for being, quote-unquote, packy and gay. Packy because he looked Asian and gay because <gasps> all his friends were girls. Oh, my God. I was like, well, I don't know what packy means. That is sick. I actually didn't either. It's an insult for South Asian descent or Pakistan. Yeah, a slur directed towards people of Pakistani descent. And it's mean as hell. Oh, I know. It's, it's so fucked up. But despite all this, though, he thrived at school. He was really smart and got accepted into a very prestigious grammar school. But because he bottled up all his feelings and hardly spoke to anyone, he had extreme anxiety. He would have routines that he couldn't stray away from. Uh, otherwise, his nerves would amplify. Like objects in his room were arranged in very neat parallel lines. 
Toiletries and his desk items were aligned perfectly. He even washed his body in the exact same order for the exact same amount of time every day. Once he, I know, I I mean, it's got to be a control thing. Like, you can't control, yeah. Once he tried to break his routine, but on the way to school, it was eating at him so bad that he turned around to get dressed all over again. Oh, my God, I'm exhausted for him. That's exhausting. All right, so that's Jonathan. Mark, there wasn't as much history on. He was the only child of uh, working-class parents. He was credulous, well-mannered, and respectful. He played soccer, got passable grades, and thought he would eventually go to a local business college. Mark said Jonathan was like a brother to him. Um, I think they were kind of opposites, so their friendship just worked. Yeah, odd couple. Bye. The odd couple. Felix and Oscar. I could have called them fucking Felix and Oscar. At the oh, beginning. my God. <laughs> what a waste. Uh, an opportunity squandered. Oh, man. Bert and Ernie. I could have done it all. Oh, my. Yeah. So, on June 29th, 2003, the two boys strolled through an alleyway known as Goose Green one night when someone jumped out and brutally attacked Jonathan, stabbing him several times. Mark panicked and was in shock, but pulled himself together, calling the police around 8 p.m. He described the man as in his early 20s, wearing a dark hooded jacket and black jeans. Jonathan was rushed to the hospital where they found that he was stabbed once in the chest and another in the abdomen, six inches deep, which pierced his kidney and liver, and his gallbladder had to eventually be removed. It was from that injury that he almost died twice on the operating table. Oh, my God. Blood pulled inside Jonathan's body, and it restricted the movement of his diaphragm, which stopped the functioning of his lungs. So for days, he was on a respirator to help him breathe, treated with painkillers and antibiotics. And he was saying very little about the attack, but uh, backed up Mark's story about a guy hiding in the alley waiting for them. The entire community was a panic, and headlines were everywhere about this madman going around and stabbing children. But when police looked into their story, something wasn't adding up. First, Jonathan claimed the stabber had escaped in the direction of the alley that ended in an abrupt 40-foot drop. Like, no one could have made that jump without seriously hurting themselves. And the alley has a camera at the entrance, and it showed the boys walking in, but no other person. Okay. So after being pressed by the police, Jonathan very reluctantly told them it was actually Mark that stabbed him, and he had no idea why. Oh, my God. But (laughs) tip of the iceberg. No, no. So Jonathan tells the police that Mark was saying, I love you, bro, as he was plunging a knife into him. Mark did it once, stood up holding me, did it again. He was kneeling on me saying, trust me, holding the knife to my stomach. Blood was coming out. Somehow Jonathan got to his feet, then the knife plunged back in. He yelled that he was dying and to call an ambulance. Mark then shushes him and tells him to be quiet because people will hear him. Fuck off. So Jonathan screams back at him, you're killing me. And Mark says, don't say that. Don't let that be the last thing you're saying. Jeez. Which, Jonathan, why are you backing up Mark's story? Like that, I'm like, fuck that. You're you're stabbing me. No. Yeah, yeah. Just let it be known, Rachel. If you ever stab me, I ain't sticking up for you. I'm not backing any lie you tell. Well, then I'll stab to kill. (laughs) (laughs) That's the smart thing to do. That's that's what you'll have to do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why did he? Okay. Uh So police are dumbfounded. They were best friends. It made no sense. So as the investigation went on, they found that Mark was regular in chat rooms. On point with the AOL theme from Tolop. Yes. 
Back to AOL. So get this. So they seized his computer and Sally Hogg, a criminal intelligence analyst, which badass job. She's a badass bitch. I know. Jealous. I know. Went through 58,000 lines of text that took place over six weeks. That is so much chatting. Yeah. And it was only a fraction of the chats. Sally said the amount of data was 133 gigabytes. And if it were converted into paper, it would have been roughly 46,000 feet high. <laughs> here's some here's some knowledge. Mount Everest is 29,000 feet high. I was about to say, I need like landmark building comparisons. Oh, well, I got... Um, like, there's not one. Yeah, I know. All right, so here's what we know. Mark met a girl named Rachel West, who was also 16, and things immediately got flirty. She didn't have a webcam, but she would send pics of herself, and he thought he was falling in love with her. He was determined to meet her in person, but Rachel could never do it. In fact, she was hesitant to do it over his safety because she apparently had a homosexual stalker named Kevin. He also started chatting Mark. Kevin would threaten to kidnap and kill Rachel unless Mark performed sexual tasks in front of the webcam to gratify the stalker. When, yeah. when Rachel was finally ready to meet Mark in person, he went to their agreed meeting spot that she was a no-show. After hours of waiting, he went back home, and Kevin said that he had done what he had threatened this whole time, killed her. He gave a graphic, disgusting details on how he did it, gang-raping her, torturing her, all while she was screaming for Mark to save her. He was so traumatized and saddened that he never got to meet her. He mourned the loss of Rachel while, all while talking to her friends People who knew her, but slowly moved on. I'm not going to get into every person he chatted with on the internet. There are about six of them. Oh my god, it's like similar. Wait, sorry. Did mm-hmm. if they were within range to meet, did he go to her funeral or look into it? Um, no. Well, the, where they were meeting was a train stop away, which in Europe means nothing. Um, right. But if you're 14, it might. Yeah. Well, he's 16. But yeah, I was 16. Yeah. But no, he did not attend the funeral. Okay. All right. Most notable of the people he was chatting with is a woman named Janet Dobinson, who is 44 years old, a doting mother, and described herself as still sexy. Mm. Mm. I'm still mm. sexy. She was she- a Secret Service agent. What? <laughs> Another badass bitch. Yeah. And often talked to Mark about how she was trapped in a marriage she couldn't escape from. They talked regularly for weeks, and like Kevin... She would ask Mark to do sexual things in front of his webcam, mainly masturbating. Ew, he's 16? Yes. Ew. Mark questioned whether or not she was actually a spy for the British government, but he was convinced of the validity of her claims of how much she knew about him, his everyday routine, where he went to school, down to where he got his haircut. She told him that the neighborhood he lived in was actually full of spies, too. The postman, the ice cream man, and teachers were all secret agents, and they were interested in recruiting him. As a junior agent. Uh, as a baby agent. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mark. I'm picturing Charlie with a magnifying glass <laughs> yeah. walking the streets of Inspector England. Gadget. <laughs> In that, whatever those hats are called. And a trench coat. <laughs> yeah, rawr. Charlie's three, though, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so... Janet told him he would be put through a series of tests while they had him on surveillance. She even confirmed during their initial conversation that four agents were currently watching him. 
His first assignment was to be a bodyguard for a boy named James Bell, who was of the utmost importance to the British government. And if he could successfully achieve this goal, he would get 30,000 pounds in sexual favors from Janet, as most <laughs> Secret Service actors. Yeah, I don't think that's how it works. No, I don't think so. Mark was very excited to take this on, but he didn't know who the hell James Bell was. So Janet had to reveal it's actually code name for Jonathan, his best friend. She said Jonathan was actually worth 568 billion pounds, and he was extremely important because there was a very rare gem at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean, and only Jonathan could unlock the safe to get in. To which Mark responded, not even the queen can get in? Not even the queen can get in? You nailed it. (laughs) Yeah, why aren't you telling this whole story in a British accent? Me too. So just oh to give you an idea of how God. a little naive Mark was. Well, someone had just seen Titanic. That's what I, that's what I, I had a note. Titanic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 2003, when did Titanic? 97? It, or 98, I, I don't know. Yeah. One of those. But Rose, mm-hmm. and it was Rose's jewel. That's right. Yeah, so just to give you a little, not even the queen could get in. It was so... I'm like, oh, Mark, I, I just want to pat him on the head and say, run off, little boy. You're good. Yeah. Uh, that makes me sad, kind of. Yeah. Well, okay. By the way, I know nothing yeah. about how Mark tried to protect Jonathan as a bodyguard. From what I know, they just hung out like normal. He didn't have weapons or anything. It's so like, I'm your bodyguard, you're mine, whatever. I know he, that, he just thinks his mere presence. Yeah, because it's, uh, yeah. It, they did yeah. skip school once, but they were just goofing off. So, like, every time we skip gym we were just bodyguards for each other <laughs> um it's important it's important then one night it, she got dark and she said that he would be tested on this later but she needed to know if he could kill someone he was very hesitant to answer and said he would have to think about it but ultimately came back and said yes he could in exchange for this murder janet said he would get 80 million pounds sexual favors a career in the intelligence service, and a personal meeting with Prime Minister Tony Blair, who knew all about this kill plot and would commend him on his bravery. God. Unfortunately, the target of this murder plot was his BFF, Jonathan. She walked him through step-by-step how it had to be done. It had to be a stabbing. It had to be a big knife. She told him to tell Jonathan how much he means to him while he's killing him. When Mark asked why he has to die... She told him that he has a big brain tumor and it was killing him anyway and he was suffering and he needed to be put out of his misery. Oh. So they're going to turn to a 16-year-old to do that. Right. And in like I know the most brutal way. And above everything else, what about the big gem in the Atlantic Ocean? Oh, yeah, 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 nope. yeah. It doesn't matter. Tony Blair says a 14-year-old has to die and that's the priority, I guess. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. It's, it's ridiculous. Just the weirdest. It's so bizarre. Um, she did tell him that he would have to call the police, but not immediately so Jonathan could bleed out and die. Like, the most painful way. I would rather die of a... Well, I don't know what I would rather, but yeah, yeah I'd, ugh, suffer. She also said she would be at the police station waiting on him. So, June 29th came around. The two boys met at Trafford Shopping Center, where Mark casually told Jonathan he needed to pick up a knife. They went to a place called Boots, where Mark told Jonathan to select the knife that he had to get for his mother for the kitchen. Jonathan chose a six-inch knife, and Mark paid for it. 
Mark later told police that letting Jonathan select the knife would somehow make his death easier for him. Mark apparently began feeling sick and dizzy, and the boy sat down to rest. He was having uh, disturbing visions about what he was about to do. Mark tried telling Jonathan how he's feeling and saying, I might have to do something later, and I feel sick about it. And Jonathan's like, oh okay, well, see you. No, they, he was like, oh, I'm sorry, you're feeling bad. Well, let's keep walking. The boys then walked down Gro- uh, Goose Green Alley, and Mark told Jonathan he had to stab him and he had to let him. He then starts screaming how much he loves him while repeatedly stabbing him. He said, later said, I was not in control. I didn't feel like me. I put the knife to his stomach and pressed down on it. The knife went into him and he started bleeding through his shirt. He sat in jail for three months while Jonathan recuperated at home and police did their thing rummaging through all these chat room conversations that their focus was obviously on who the hell Janet Dobinson was. Right. And they didn't. And wait. Yeah. I like forgot Jonathan survives. Okay, great. Oh, yeah. He survives. Barely. He stopped. Right. Yeah. He died on the table twice and he removed gallbladder and his everything's fucked up. Yeah, so their focus was obviously to find Janet Dobinson, who that was, who's behind that. I even read they uh, arrested a Janet Dobinson, the wrong one. Like, oh, a girl's like, actually. It's like, what the, who? What? But they didn't know if it was a pedophile ring, murderers, school bullies, because he was bullied to death. Oh, my God. Um, Sally Hogg did notice one thing in common with the six different people Mark was chatting with, including Rachel West. They all used my buy instead of maybe, M-Y-B-Y-E. <gasps> She thought it was a typo, but it was consistent through every chat. So she knew this all had to be one person, and Mark was just getting catfished repeatedly. Again, focusing on the main and last character who's talking to Janet. October 2003, it was finally uncovered that the last place Janet had logged in was from Jonathan's computer. Jonathan incited his own murder. Okay. I can't. Well, okay. He was arrested just before he left for school and was the very first in UK's history to be charged with their own attempted murder. During question, uh, yeah. I no, I'm just. I'm like, that's so. Yeah, it's so weird and interesting. It's because no weird. Mark did. I know, but like Mark did it, but he was so manipulated. He was like scared. I don't know. That is like the craziest. It took them so so long. And not. I mean, so it's it's, not so long, but it took them a while to figure out what the hell to do with this sitch. Oh yeah. Like, are you suicidal? But you just don't want to do that. So you want to go in the most gruesome here? I'll let you. I'll get into it. So during questioning, he admitted that he was responsible for every persona Mark engaged with and created up to 193 email addresses to keep up his characters. I do not know how, what the hell. There's a point he said he stayed up for days, spending all night on chat rooms. Here's from the Vanity Fair article that I liked, so I'm going to keep him. Is this copy and paste? During court, prosecutor Nicholas Clark spoke about how Jonathan had manipulated the older boy, deploying a stream of imaginary virtual characters to lure Mark into carrying out his murder. He sneaked a look at Mark's face. The boy was, no mistaking it, aghast. Because remember, Mark's been in jail this whole time. He didn't know. Yeah. He had no idea. Yeah. The beautiful Rachel West, whom he loved, wooed, and honestly mourned, was Jonathan, as was Kevin, who 
reveled in the bloody details of her gang rape and murder. Lindsay East, who had briefly enchanted him and then disappeared without a word of goodbye, was Jonathan. Janet Dobinson, who had watched him masturbate on a webcam, who had promised him a lifetime of wealth glamour, was Jonathan. The ice cream vendors and shop assistants engaged in ceaseless surveillance of Mark, all Jonathan. The world he had known was Jonathan, written, produced, and directed by Jonathan. Oh, my. Sorry. No. I've been a fool, Mark said. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Jonathan explained to the court the reason he did it was to test Mark's loyalty and see how far he could take it. He killed off Rachel once Mark fell in love with her so that he could grow closer to him. He later said that he felt Mark was out of his league and he had an emotional intimacy for him he had never felt before, which I think this, that's what this is all about. You aren't yeah. testing loyalty. You're in love with them. You didn't know how to deal with it. Right. And then you force them to, like, masturbate on camera. That is so effed up. I know. And he he made them do a lot worse than that, unfortunately. Oh. And that there's so many that go twisted and really disgusting details. I know I was kind of insensitive through it all. I, Mark is the victim here, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, Janet's yeah. assignment once was Jonathan had oh. to come out. They had to make Jonathan look like a homosexual. So the assignment Janet gave Mark was to give him a blowjob. So to sleep over, Mark would let Mark and him engage in oh. sexual acts. All by the rule of Janet. Mark is straight. He didn't want to do that. I'm like, oh this my. is like right by way of a fictitious character. This is right. Ridiculous. This is insane. I know. I didn't go into the details of that, but it's like, no, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. What a fucker. Jonathan claimed the invention was all so easy. It was like taking heroin. He wanted to kill himself because he was in f- far too deep and knew that if he came clean, Mark would never hang out with him again. Which I'm like, really? I feel like there are options. Like, right. You could have just ghosted him on all accounts. He still would right. have had you as his best friend. And he would have been none the wiser. Right. Clearly. Clearly. Because that happened to. I just a feel few like others. there are a lot of options. No, there's a ton of options. It's weird. I know. So at the end of May 2004, both teens, their lawyers, and press gathered to hear the sentencing. Jonathan and Mark didn't even look at each other. Jonathan pleaded guilty to incitement of murder and perverting the course of justice. And Mark pleaded guilty to attempted murder. Jonathan was given three years probation and banned from internet chat rooms. Duh. <laughs> from, con- from contacting Mark and from using the internet without adult supervision. Mark was given a two years probation and banned from any contact with Jonathan. Was Mark like, not a problem? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Probably. And also, where are their parents? There. Speaking of none the wiser, they kind of meddled in their... Computers saw that they were chatting with a Janet Dobinson, said, don't do that anymore, and then sent them back up through the rooms with their laptops. They were just, uh, I'm like, okay. oh, y'all didn't know. Maybe because you're like online for days doing this and you're. Yeah, but it's, it is 2003. Doing? Doing? They have no, it is 2003. They have no, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they've probably never been in a chat room before in their life. They don't know how it works. That's a really 2003. Yeah. Ah. Uh. When I, Come on. Don't worry about it. That wasn't her priority. Since here's a tidbit about Jonathan's mom. Since seeing a psychologist, Jonathan's mother informed the court, despite his earlier homosexual leanings, Jonathan now has a girlfriend. Oh, That's God. what you address with the court? 
That's it. Oh my god. I know my son's all fucked up in the head. He's not gay though. Shut up. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And yes, he is. Come on. Like, and wrap your head around it. Oh, that's. I'm like, oh, her, no. That's her biggest concern. That's interesting. I know. Okay. I'm like, oh. She's so, the problem. Yeah, they have their own things going on. But I'm like, that's what you address with the court. No one cares about his No one homosexual cares. leanings. I'm like, mm, no, we don't care that he has a girlfriend. I don't. Right. Oh. Sorry, that's the most bizarre catfishing story. And I know it was short and sweet as that. No, but my big okay. takeaways are like, the Rachel West, why all the drama? Why didn't she just die in a car? I mean, car X dramatic too, but like gang rape and torture and why does anyone have to yeah, die? Ghosts, or why does everyone have to, he's just a little dramatic, like all the gruesome details. Well, so why does anyone have to die? She could have just said, I'm not into this anymore. Nice chatting with you. See you around. Peace out. I mean, this thing goes. And so many twists and turns. In reality, she said that she was Jonathan's sister. I mean, it, it gets so where I'm like, not once Mark wasn't like, I want to meet your sister. It's just like things that I didn't get into because I'm like, ah, this sounds like a fictitious tale. Yeah. But it's not. God, that's insane. But we, no, no one knows their real names. No, no one knows. Can't so Google if you Google them, it's going to be John and Mark. But I just kept did Jonathan. But um, Sally Hogg did say she the criminal analyst, did say she was looking through all 58,000 conversations looking for an error. And it was so on point. Like some characters would leave for weeks at a time, come back, not skip a beat. And there was not one error. It's just like, I mean, it's a testament to how smart Jonathan is. His memory's phenomenal to keep it. They all had different languages except for that my by stuff. Yeah. So like, I mean, Honestly, if you, like, just utilize that intelligence somewhere else, you, you could probably be in the Secret Service. <laughs> but, I mean, oof. But, I mean, I, I, like, really try to put myself in Mark's situation. Like, as a 16-year-old, could I be manipulated like that? And I just don't know. <laughs> At the end of the day, I'm not, I don't think so. Well... Sad. It is sad. I feel bad for him. No, I know. It is really sad. He is definitely the victim. Screw Jonathan. Well, obviously. The screw the mom. <laughs> screw the mom. His biggest just, concern was right, if her son was gay, gay or not. Or and in case other people might think that she she just would wants like a little to, to know that it's I, I'd like to address <laughs> the court. Um, despite my son's homosexual leanings, he actually has a girlfriend. Okay. Like, oh, thank God. Then okay. what's the story here? What are we doing here? Let's get over. Yeah. Come on, everyone. Oh let's God, go. That, like, really. That's so stupid. Appalling. She's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just heard it on YouTube channel, but I was like, shut the hell up. No. Do way. you think I should have said it more sympathetically the entire time, and then it would have been more of a shock that it was. No, because I didn't want it. What's the stories with the thing in the ocean and Tony Blair and that the new mission was been to hard kill to John. Take seriously. Yeah, it's just very obviously a ruse. So no. But thanks. Right. I hear you. I respect you. God, it's gonna be another insecurity that she's gonna call me about tomorrow. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> nah, nah, I'm not. But I already I started doing that. 
next one. I was like, maybe I should just do this one. Seem, this one almost seems too lighthearted, even though it's really messed up in the head. And there are dark moments, like poor Mark orally performing on dumbass Jonathan. Oh, Although I know so Jonathan mean. had a tough childhood too, and that sucks. But like, I just don't know what the plan was. You're in love with this boy. You want to kill yourself, but you also wanted him to go to jail forever? What did he do? Yeah. It's rude. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, being as smart as he is, he had to have known Mark was definitely going to get caught. And had you been dead, he would have... That's it. Yeah. I mean... And, like, why did he go along with it in the beginning? <laughs> it's like... Who? Like, oh, yeah, someone did jump... Some random did jump out and stab me. And then just to be like, oh, it was actually Mark. Oh, uh, yeah. I it don't just know. seems like a lot of, like... I don't know. I, what was the plan? And if it had everything gone perfectly, what was the plan? Yeah, I like guess you it, said. Yeah. I guess he didn't think it through with the um, 40 foot drop and the cameras, and they would have just believed a madman. But Janet didn't tell him that saves a madman. I guess he came up with that on his own. Maybe Jonathan knew that Mark would lie and he was just going to back up his story. I don't know. What was it? nothing? Nothing made sense. I'm not saying no anything made sense. Just telling you a sure. story. Sure. Isn't that ridiculous? Shoot. So that's my hilarious catfish story. <laughs> Just kidding. It's not hilarious. Not hilarious. Weird and bizarre. The weirdest. Got two um, AOL tied. It's epic. AOL. Taha Plum was not AOL's. Uh, M- MSN? Pingo. Uh, Pingo. It was like a gaming thing. I don't remember at this point. No, it's Pogo. 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 God. I was mixing up again. Slingo. Right. Yeah. Two AOL throwbacks. And unspit me. But n- next week's is not an AOL throwback. So let me just warn y'all. <laughs> Same. Same. Uh-huh. That's good. Okay. Well, I miss you. God, I gotta go pack for the beach. That's an insane, bizarre ass story. <laughs> I'm Jonathan and Mark. Yeah, and Jonathan and Mark, and there's not much else to say about it, so I guess we'll just go to bed now, thank God, for another 4 a.m. morning. <laughs> you got Janet a badass bitch when I said that she was a secret agent. <laughs> I tried so hard not to laugh at that, but you really think someone in the Secret Service is going to chat some 16-year-old It's like, what a badass. No. <laughs> I thought it was obvious that she was catfishing well, from the Well, the more get-go. you talked, the more I started to sort things out in my <laughs> old head. <laughs> I was like, wow. So oh, like, another oh badass. What a great like, opportunity I'm for Mark. A spy who, self, who says she's a spy <laughs> is chatting. <laughs> oh, what a badass. Badass B. <laughs> I have regrets. Live and learn. Uh, Trust no one, not even your uncle uh, BFF. <laughs> <laughs> Tried so hard not to laugh. Review, subscribe, follow us on Instagram, tell your friends. Thank you. Uh, whatever. Please, Pe- please. People are the worst, but you are the best. Bye. Bye. Bye.